and we had booked like 100 or 150 weddings. Now we have 2,750 weddings. We have two warehouses, a full office, and we bought a truck. If you are all about weddings, want to know how to make a wedding amazing, or just love wedding stories, then this is the podcast for you. My name is April Kelly, and on this show, we chat with couples, and they share stories about how they met, what the proposal was like, how they planned their wedding, and how it went. We also talk with professionals who have been to thousands of weddings, sharing their successes and challenges and amazing advice to help you elevate your own wedding and fill you with so many ideas that you can take and make your own. What is it that will make your wedding special? How can you be helpful for someone else's wedding? Or come here for the funny stories and nightmares that people have lived through during wedding plans. My name is April Kelly, and this is Wedding Amazing. This week, we have Steve Orlando on the show, and we're going to talk with Steve about his amazing wedding with his wife, Lindsay. This wedding is very unusual because not only was there an amazing proposal and a fantastic wedding, but they took this wedding and they turned it into a business. And this story is so great because maybe while you're doing your wedding plans, you're going to have a clever idea that you say, ah, maybe other people are going to want this too, and you could turn it into something really amazing. So let's talk to Steve and hear all about this. Hi, Steve. Thanks for being on the show today. Hey, April, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. So I loved your story, you and Lindsay, how you met and all of these details. There's so much DIY. There's so many details about this wedding. I almost don't know where to start, but let's start at the beginning about how you met Lindsay. How did you, how did you meet? So I had a friend that through grade school, kindergarten and high school that we were really close. We were in a band together. Um, we traveled the country in the band together and we'd just been really, really good friends. Um, he said, listen, you know, I just graduated college. I'm heading off to Europe for a couple weeks to kind of celebrate that. And I want to host this party with all my girlfriend, like all these friends that are girls from college. Can I invite them over to your condo? And I was like, uh, please bring them all over. That would be <laughs> awesome. So some of the friends that he had gone to high school, he had gone to college with, their friends also came along and Lindsay was one of those friends. So they actually hosted this um, ugly sweater party at our condo and I was working pretty much all night. Um, so I worked all night and came back and they were already partying and having a good time. So I come in, put my ugly sweater on and I meet Lindsay and she's there and we're all having a good time. And we had talked about maybe a concert that was coming up in, in Cleveland. And I just reached out to her on Facebook and gave her my number and now we're married. Oh, I love it. Did you know when you first met her that you loved her? Like, was it love at first sight? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I obviously do love her a lot. I don't know. I mean, it was an ugly Christmas sweater party. I was just getting to know her. I definitely, something very specific about that night was that um, the, that whole group of friends was just really, really good people. You know, when you hang out with someone yeah. and you just know that those people, yeah. So I got this very, very good vibe and I kind of just like something in my heart or something in my gut just told me, like, this is a good group of people to be with. And I happened to hit it off with Lindsay, so it made sense. So I was like, well, this this is definitely going to work. So, But I knew very, very soon that um, Lindsay and that type of person was someone I wanted to marry. I love it. So how long did you date before the proposal? We dated, like, um, for the proposal, I think four years. Great. So you guys dated a long time. So was she curious about a proposal coming up soon, or was this a total surprise? Well, so she had always kind of hinted at being, like, 
wanting to get married and settle down. And I, I was kind of like the typical guy that didn't really want to commit. I knew that I loved her. I knew that I, that I cared for her a lot and that we'd end up getting married for sure. I mean, that I would hope that we get married. Um, but I didn't really commit to it. So the, the proposal itself was a total, uh, it was a total surprise. Um, cause I had gone they, like, you know, a lot of people, they want to travel somewhere and then the girls are like, Oh, that's the time when you're going to get engaged. <laughs> I had gone through a crazy back injury um, and was pretty much borderline paralyzed for like three months. And this was in that span of time. So it was nowhere even in the cards that this was going to happen. So it was nice. It was a really big surprise. So how did you plan the proposal? Well, okay. So I actually had like this huge grandiose plan and maybe it was the painkillers from my back. I don't know. But uh. um, <laughs> um, so I was, I've always kind of want to do things like kind of big, I guess. And uh, she, so we had always gone with this one other couple friend of ours. We had always gone to this specific place for, um, for dinner and we'd go there once a week to twice a week. So I was thinking to myself, there's this place upstairs from that restaurant we can run out. So I'm thinking of this plan and I go, you know what? I'm going to book a, I'm going to book a, we're going to go to dinner this night. And, uh, instead of actually going to dinner, I'm going to plan this whole party where all of her friends are there and I'm going to propose to her, when we get there, but she's not going to know. So we got to the restaurant and this whole thing planned out where the restaurant was going to say, you know, there's no, there are no tables here. There's a 20 minute wait, just have a seat at the bar. So I, we went and had a seat at the bar. In the meantime, there's like another wine area in the, in the restaurant. So I told him I was going to get some wine. I went up to this room, changed into a, like a nice, like sport coat and nicer clothes. I had my friend who has a, a video company come videotape the whole thing. They had hidden cameras when we got there. Uh, so I went upstairs and then when I was up there getting ready, the waitress came out and said, you know what? We actually have a table upstairs. Why don't we go check it out? So they went up, they came up the elevator and I was sitting there waiting with, uh, with a rose and with a, with a ring. She came through the elevator, had no idea. There was just a table for two set up. I proposed to her on the spot yes uh, thank god and uh we ate dinner and then as we're finishing up dinner like 50 to 60 people came up so i got all of her friends from out of town her family everybody came and uh we just had a big party and celebrated and it was amazing so her whole family knew and they were all there nobody spilled the beans nobody and there was really only like a 10 minute time between when Lindsay was downstairs and when i was upstairs so if anyone would have come a little bit early it would have been weird and would have given off the whole thing so it was like the timing couldn't have been better. Everybody came, nobody said anything. It was a huge surprise. Everyone loved it. And I wow. have a cool video to show everybody too. Wow, that's perfect. That proposal went absolutely perfect. I love to hear that. Oh, so, yeah. so how long after the proposal did you start doing your wedding plans? Well, so we got, I proposed to her in December and we got married, not the May after that, but the following May. So we had like a month and a half ish. It's kind of funny. People were very like, uh, oh, so you guys have a, a date in mind, a plan in mind? I'm like, I just got engaged today. I have no idea. Uh, but we started probably putting the plans together, I'd say maybe because I had surgery on my back probably a month later. So I, it was probably two or three months after that, once I was all recovered, that we started putting serious plans together. I see. Okay. So what was the first thing that you did when you decided to okay, this is it. We're going to make the plan. What was the first thing you did to pull it all together? First thing was going out and finding venues. So we went online, looked at everything, probably went to two or three. We looked at a ton online and thought about 
a lot like the logistics of everything because a lot of her family was from out of town my family lived you know close um you know I, my family we really wanted to get married in the church that was you know we didn't know if that was something we were going to do so my church is west like way east of the of the city and everyone was going to be coming downtown so kind of finding a central spot for the venue was the first thing yeah and then from there it kind of that was like the staple that put it all together gotcha and how about the date how did you pick the date um really there was a lot of the venues were booked like a year and a half two years in advance so yeah. you know we had an idea of being maybe a fall wedding but all the fall dates were taken uh so the really was kind of just by a process of elimination just saying well these are the venue you know this is the one venue we really like and the only date they have is in may so that was yeah. kind of what up with that yeah, that often happens. You'll find a venue that you really love and take what take what is open. So yeah. not always that we have the luxury to pick the exact date we want, but it worked out for you. So that's great. It so, did. And it was actually funny, too, because we so I like a lot of my friends all got married that same year. I think there were four weddings. And uh, so we were the first one. And I can't tell you the relief there is by being the first wedding of the year because then you, you did all the planning. You did everything you wanted. Then you're not worried about critiquing everything for the other ones. You're just like, you're done. And I can relax and enjoy the rest. Yeah, exactly. And it was quite the kickoff. That was some wedding that you guys had. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So I understand that you had a wedding website. And I really love these because I feel it serves so many purposes. A, it tells the story about the bride and groom. And it also lets people know when, where, and how. So where they need to be, what time they need to be there. And mm -hmm. it also has all that additional information. Information. So I love the wedding websites. What was your strategy for that? What was in your wedding website? Yeah, you nailed it on the head. I mean, I think I, so since I had only been going to weddings over the past couple of years, like really on my, you know, on my own or going as a guest of someone, not just being with my family, I didn't realize how kind of like archaic it sounds to have, uh, you know, to have just like one piece of mail that you just hang on to and sit. So I, <laughs> the website sounds like, I mean, that was just foreign to me. So the website was perfect. You, you tell, you can um, register for all of your, your gifts on there. You have all of the accommodations just through a link. All of, we put everything on there. I mean, yep. uh, the location, the time to be there, the rehearsal dinner. I mean, literally everything was on there. Yeah, and it saves the bride and groom so much work of answering calls when people say, where do I have to go? How do I get there? What is the hotel? And when you're in wedding planning mode, you really don't have that time. You're so busy with everything else. So the wedding websites really save the bride and groom a lot of time in answering those calls and fielding those questions. So I love that. So what about budget? How did you budget for everything? And one of the things I know bride and grooms really struggle with is you're in the beginning of your wedding, you have a chunk of money. How do you decide how much money you're even starting with? Yeah, you know, that was kind of a little bit of a struggle. And I, mainly I think, if you ask, like, if you ask Lindsay, she would probably say I had a specific budget in mind where I wasn't saying like, well, let's spend whatever. But I think that guys in general just look at things and say, oh, well, that's, I mean, I can, I can make that. I can do that. So we're going to cut that piece out. We're going to cut this piece out. And I went in saying like, oh, we're not going to go all out. We're not going to do all this. But as you start going through the process, you know, things start adding up. And I guess I walked into it not having any clue what anything costs. So I'm thinking maybe, uh, maybe 25,000 sounds reasonable. I don't know. That sounds like a lot of money to me, like to yeah. spend on a wedding. But you start going farther and deeper into it, and you're like, wow, that's really starting to add up. And it went much more expensive than that. So, yeah. we, so we didn't have like, we weren't just like an open checkbook, but we weren't necessarily uh, like putting together a budget for each specific thing and saying, 
you know, we're not going to go over this or we're not going to whatever. We just looked at the caterers and said, well, we know that this food's good and this food's really good, but do we really want to pay, you know, 10 bucks extra a plate? Or we know this DJ is really good. Do you want to pay an extra two grand? You know what I mean? So we kind of just went through each subject and went, went there. And it's a very, very hard construction phase of the wedding. I mean, there's so many tips on really fielding a budget and setting it up correctly from having one number to also doing some research and finding out what is the range of the DJ and band? What is the range of flowers? And starting with that range and adding that range up and seeing where is that? You know, where does that leave me? Can I work within that budget? And then start from there. So I know that you did a lot of DIY projects as well. Talk a little bit about that. So yes. Um, well, we started. We, so we also. So we kind of like we kind of went into things like with these grandiose plans. And as like you're starting, as the wedding comes closer and closer, you're like, man, we really bit off a little more than we could chew. The biggest one was this wine. Uh, we we wanted to make centerpieces out of wine bottles, or we wanted to make glasses out of wine bottles. So we wanted to, so we basically got, I went to all these restaurants. My sister worked at a bar. Um, I went through and said, you know, when you're done with your wine bottles, set, set them aside, I'll come pick them up. And we wanted, our theory was we'd wash them all. We'd take the uh, labels off of them, cut them into glasses, sand them down. And then those would be, we'd fill those up with stuff and then they could take them home and they'd have like our sticker on them and they'd be glasses that they could kind of remember wedding. But yeah. Uh, we invited, I think, 300 people, and I think 270 came. Um, and the process for each one probably takes about 20 minutes. So uh, we started getting them done, and you're, we're soaking wine bottles, and we're leaving them in there too long, so they smell bad. And we ended up cutting all of them, and we had probably 350 cut. And uh, then we had to start sanding them, and the sanding takes like twice as long. So we're like, we're probably like three weeks from the wedding. And we're like, you know what? We're just gonna we, we're just gonna scratch this whole thing. Because oh my goodness! You know, it's coming too close to it. This is way more work. We have a ton of other things we're working on right now. Um, you know, we'll have to put these aside. So we we decided we weren't gonna do them. And ended up giving it to our friends, and they used them for their wedding. So it ended up working out perfect. Taking on DIY projects is such a big deal because they sound amazing. You see things on Pinterest and you say, oh, I love that. I can do that. It's only 20 minutes. But yeah, when it really gets into it and you're making 270, 300 items, it is such a huge job. You have to really think ahead with these DIY projects that you're not taking on too much. And also, if you're going to do a big DIY project, do it months and months and months ahead because those three, four weeks, two months before the wedding are so busy. You don't have the time. Sure. And, you know, keep in mind too, I mean, Lindsay and I both had full-time jobs. We exactly. had lives. We had, you know, a lot of times too, your family, for some reason, like it always seems like your family is getting together a bunch, like before your wedding and all those things are just like, they take its toll. You, you have only so much time during the day and, you know, sometimes you come home from work in nine hours, 10 hours, and you're like, this is not really what I'm going to do right now. So you put it aside and you, then you just think, well, I'll knock out 20 bottles tomorrow. Or I'll knock out these centerpieces. We, we did also buy um, some table numbers. I mean, like some wooden table numbers that we painted. Mm -hmm. um, but even something like that, where it was already pre-cut, it was already pre-done, but we had to paint them. That's just an endeavor. It's just like a, a task that you, you dread after a while. Yeah, it is because the wedding planning it's a full-time job on top of a full-time job. People don't realize exactly how much work goes into a wedding. So, so you wake up in the morning of your wedding and what was the weather? And just give me like an overall vibe of your day. So the whole week before Lindsay was like, 
obsessively looking at the weather and it was like chance of rain, chance of rain. And then one day, you know, on Tuesday would say no rain. And then on Wednesday would say it's going to pour all day. So we were like totally, we were totally like, I wasn't really worried about it because I don't really care about that necessarily, but I could see why because you don't want to take pictures of stuff. So um, we woke up that morning. I woke up at like 4.30 in the morning. I slept like two hours. I went to the gym at the hotel we stayed at. I ran like eight miles. I just ran for like, I ran forever wow. and uh, got up and I was like ready to do everything. And the weather was perfect outside. Um, I woke up and got back from the gym. My guys were waiting at the, at the hotel room. We got in there, we got dressed, we got together, we had some drinks. Hartford uh, came up and took pictures and the actual wedding day itself. Perfect. There was a little bit of rain in between the time that we had just finished taking pictures and the time we were going to the venue. Um, but outside of that, no rain at all. Beautiful. High yes. energy wedding, 270 yes. people. Everybody had a great time. You kicked yeah. off the year of a lot of weddings that were going to happen with your friends. So yeah. amazing. I love that. So let's talk about how you turned this whole wedding plan into an amazing, huge business. Because this story really, I love this story so much because <laughs> you don't hear this very often. People are, you were very clever in what you did here. So I'm going to let you tell the whole story. Well, go ahead. Well, I appreciate that. And I'll, I'm going to preface it by saying I'm actually not that clever at all. And I'm not that smart. <laughs> uh, so I, so some, every single venue you pick has a little nuance to it, whether it's, you know, you have to get out by a certain time or it has a limit of the amount of people you can bring in this particular venue. We loved everything about it. It was close to downtown. It was, it was readily available, but they only provided, uh, I think 200 chairs of their own. Otherwise you had to go outsource from yourself. Oh. Um, and the chairs they had were pretty, not pretty. They were ugly. Um, so my wife was like, Steve, I'm not, she was really cool through the whole process. Didn't, wasn't pushy about anything. Wasn't like, you know, strong army meat, anything, but, but the one thing she wanted were gold Shivari chairs. And when she said that to me, I was like, cool. I have no idea what those are. I, <laughs> they sound expensive, but I'll start looking around. So I started calling different rental companies and, you know, we had, like you said, 270 people at the wedding and they were charging 10, $8 plus delivery and setup and teardown. Wow. We were looking at like $4,500 for these chairs. And, and that was like a red flag for me. I'm like, no, I can't. that's, I'm, I'm holding my foot down. Can't do it. Sorry. Like it's not going to happen. But then something like clicked in my head that was like, well, if someone rented these things for four bucks, I would hop on that in a second. Don't know why that number struck to me, but I was like, that, that seems like it'd be pretty reasonable. And I would do that in a heartbeat. So then I'm thinking like, okay, well, if I could, well, where do I go find these chairs? So I go online and I find a supplier for them and I'm, you know, they're about 33 bucks with delivery and everything. So I'm like, you know, I mean, I guess if I put, you know, if I bought 300 of them, I can put them up for rent and I can see if people might rent them. I don't know if they will. And if they, if I can rent them maybe once a month for, you know, for a year, I'll make my money back. I'll make some money on the side. And then I'll kind of feel like I gave like the finger to these companies that were trying to charge me a bunch of money. Wow. So I was like, all right, I'll buy 300 of them. I'll put an ad online. I'll start a little website. Weddingchairs.net was available. Weddingchairs.com cost eight grand. So I was like, nope, can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I bought weddingchairs.net, put an ad online, said, Pretty much told my story. I pretty much said I don't even. I didn't even know these chairs were two months ago, but my wife really wants them, so I didn't want to pay a lot for them, so I bought them, and I'm just going to rent them. So if you want them, share in the share in the savings because I'm, I'm I'm with you guys. Great. What's that? 
that's a great way to put it because it's yeah. just very real and authentic to how people understand your story and why they want to buy them. Yeah. And, and too, like I was, I was the customer up until, even when I started this, I was the customer to a lot of wedding vendors and I was so surprised. I'm kind of like, I, I own my own company for my name, my main job, buying and selling forklifts, totally unrelated. Mm -hmm. But you know, it was funny how I'm like, when I'm working with these vendors, I kind of felt like, even though I'm the customer, I kind of feel like I'm at their like beck and call. I'm at their, like, I, I don't have uh, any say. I don't have whatever. I'm kind of like, so like submissive to them. I have you know, whatever. I, and I hated that feeling of it. Cause I'm like, I'm your customer. I kind of feel like I should be treated a little better. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to treat all these people like they're my customer. If anybody even runs these things, I don't know. So I remember crunching the numbers with my brother who was helping me start it. And, uh, you know, he was going to do all, I was going to do all the sales and he was going to do all the deliveries. And I'm like, man, if we can rent these things out for like one wedding every other week, we'll make like a killing on these things and I put it out online. And we, we started getting inquiries like crazy. I mean, people were reaching out like, is this real? Like, I really wanted these chairs, but I can never afford them. Like, I, I want to come see these things. I want to make sure they're legit. I'm like, yeah, come on in and check them out. Wow. And long, long story short, that first year before our wedding even happened, we booked like 150 weddings. Oh and, my God. Yeah, and I was getting inquiries from multiple weddings for the same day. And normal people would say, oh, well, you, you found a niche here. Just book yourself to capacity and then increase your price. Well, I was like, no, that's not what I want to do. I'm going to buy a ton of these things and I'm going to keep my price the same and I'm going to take on every single one I can. So I think by the time my wedding actually started, I think I had like maybe 1300 shares or something like that. Wow. And, now, and we had booked like a hundred or 150 weddings. Now we have 200 or 2,750 weddings. We have two warehouses, a full office and we bought a truck and we own all this stuff. And now we booked, like that first year, I think we did 180 weddings. And this year we, we, we booked 250 weddings. Holy oh mackerel. God. I can't even believe that. I love I that. I, I, it almost leaves me speechless to say, you know, you're planning your wedding and just by seeing a need, you've turned that into something so amazing and now supplying these chairs for so much less to brides that need them. And where are you located? What state are you located in? We're in Cleveland, Ohio. And how far do you deliver these chairs? You know, it's crazy. People reach out from Alabama. People wow. reach out from Idaho and Nebraska and New Jersey. I mean, I, we've, I think the farthest we've gone south has been like Cincinnati or Kentucky, which is like six hours away. Mm -hmm. But we've gone into West Virginia. We've gone into uh, Michigan. We've gone into Pennsylvania. I mean, that, there's something about that price point that either other rental companies haven't figured out or maybe they have too much overhead. But we'll go, we primarily just deliver in Northeast Ohio. So it's usually within an hour to two hours around where we are. Okay, very good. That's good for people to know. Steve, just one more time. Tell us what your website is so people can find you. Yeah, our website is weddingchairs.net. And then we also just expanded to silverweddingchairs.com, which is not live yet, but it will be in uh, the next coming weeks or so. That's amazing. So you do the gold shivari chairs and now you're doing a, a silver shivari chair. Is it different? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That is amazing. And and just so everybody knows, it, there is a big difference between seeing a regular hotel conference chair and seeing beautiful chairs. Because when you're looking in a room of 300 chairs, it sets the tone. This really, truly does make a difference. I know some people do chair covers and some people rent chairs. 
instantly, as soon as you walk in the room, you do see the difference. It takes on a much more elegant appeal and it just raises the energy of the room. And you, you nailed it on the head. When you walk in, these chairs, and I'm not even saying that they're mine. You, you mean any kind of shivari chair really, really does transform the room. And the beautiful thing that I realized after the fact about our pricing was that the chair covers come out to like 350 a chair anyways, because there is labor involved to them. And there's, there's, I mean, there's a cost to having linen put over those things. So, um, you know, I would say just from, I mean, that's relatively biased, but um, I've walked into rooms where they, when I'm showing a bride what ours look like and bringing a sample or something like that, you can see the difference between a room with conference uh, chairs like you said with covers on them and then like a, a gold shivari or just even you just you can it just kind of brings out the elegance and a lot of these people are they have color uh tones that they're working with that it just even makes those pop some more so yeah definitely, it definitely transforms the room it truly does so i encourage all the listeners to take a look at your website so they really could see what that's all about and also for all of our podcast listeners, when you're going through your wedding plans, if you see something and it's just too expensive for you to rent it, maybe find out what it would cost for you to buy it. Maybe turn that into a business for yourself. There's so many different things that brides need for a wedding from things that are printed, from little favors and things like that. So you might find yourself starting a new business just like Steve did from his wedding plans. I love this story so much. Steve, thank you so much for your time. Um, before you go, do you have any advice for grooms? Um, yes, for grooms specifically, listen to your wife. And I, <laughs> I say that kind of tongue in cheek because obviously some women or some uh, fiancés, I'm sure, want more than you think is is uh, is necessary. But if you really keep your eyes open and don't just look at it as a as another check you have to write, look at it as like an opportunity. Look as it look at it as a, a way to make your wife happy. It, it, the wedding planning process goes so much smoother. I know that, I know that even with some of my friends, like the girls will call crying to other girls and saying that things are, you know, things are rough or they're not agreeing to it. And if you really keep an open mind, um, you, you'll just, we look back at a lot of people look back on their wedding planning process and they think about all the hardships and they think about the struggle. Yeah. Um, the, and I'm not saying like I'm sitting on some high horse, but we were able to keep that kind of um, that theme of just working together. And we never, she never cried. My, my Lindsay never stressed out too much about something. Obviously there's stress involved, but working together as a team is definitely the most important thing you can do. It really is. And I love the fact that you were so open to taking action to try to make that work for her. Okay. So she wants chairs. How can we make that happen? I mean, obviously just such a great man for doing that and so resourceful. And then look at where that brought you the communication, the ease between the two of you to have a conversation of, I want this. What do you think? Can we make this happen? And then you make it happen. And then there you go. That communication and ease just turned into this amazing business. I'm just so blown away. I love this so much. <laughs> so there's also, I mean, so another thing I'd, you know, we are now too, you're able to help out your friends. So like when my friends got married, I was able to give them free chairs or I was able to help them out with discounted chairs. And my brother got laid off from his full-time job as an engineer. We were able to match his salary and he can come work for us. And it's, and he's happy. I think he's got a happier life, work-life balance because of it. So the, obviously the money about it all is great. The being able to run your own business is great, but there are other things outside of that, being able to use your resources to help the people around you. Um, that goes a, a much 
longer and farther away than just making money on the side. Yeah, and it also makes you feel so, so good. What an amazing story. Steve, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. I think everybody's going to get a lot out of this from not taking on too much DIY projects, careful planning, maybe make yourself a wedding website so that all of your information is in one place and communicate with each other and really talk about what it is that you want. And if there's something you feel like you can't have, dig a little bit. Maybe you're going to find a clever way to get that item and turn it into the most amazing experience and journey of your life. Love the story. Steve, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Anytime. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. So today I'm going to answer a question that came from one of our listeners, and I love this question so much. She asks, Dear April, I am having a handicapped guest at my wedding, and I want to know what table I should seat them at, close to the dance floor or close to the door. And I think this question is really fantastic, and it also goes with your older guests as well, because you want to take everybody into consideration when it comes to the seating of your guests. So here's the thing. You have your entertainment in one area, and they're going to have speakers. So no matter, no matter what, those speakers are going to be loud if you're right in front of them. Even if they're at a low volume, you're right in front of them. So you don't want anyone that would have any kind of challenge to get up and stand up to be heard or to lean over into a conversation to be in that general area. So as far as where else to put people in the room, you want to put your guests that really love to party and that you know are going to be your dancers and you want to put them close to the dance floor. You want to put them close to the entertainment because they are going to elevate the room for you. They're going to elevate the whole event because they're there to party. Now, the guests that you feel are going to be talking a lot, you want to put them the furthest away from the entertainment so that they can have their conversations, they can sit down all night, watch people dancing, watch the entertainment, and really enjoy their night as well. Now, your older guests, your handicapped guests, you want to make sure that they are seated somewhere where they can go to the ladies' and men's room easily. So if there's a wheelchair, you don't want to have to have them navigate through 10 tables just to get to the aisle to get out. So you want to take that into consideration that you put those guests, maybe they have a cane, maybe they have a walker, maybe they have a wheelchair and put them right near the door or right near the end of the dance floor where they can just go right down the aisle and exit out of the building, exit out of the room rather. So great question, Jennifer. Thank you so much for sending that to us. And if anybody else has a question, please ask. I will help you in any way I can. You can message me at April Kelly at MakeYourWeddingAmazing.com. You could also go to the website, which is MakeYourWeddingAmazing.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you so much for your reviews. If you like the show and you could take a minute just to write a review, I do appreciate that so much. From what I understand, the more reviews and subscribers you get, you can be found more easily on iTunes and come up in those little uh, noteworthy searches. Otherwise, uh, it's hard to be found. So if you could do that, that would be amazing. I'd appreciate that so much. So that's the show today. I hope that you love it. If you have any suggestions of shows you'd like to hear, topics you'd like to hear about, let me know. I'm here to make you happy and I'm here to help you make your wedding amazing.
Are you looking for a live band that people will rave about? Want your dance floor packed all night long? Band of Gold Music, a 10-piece band with the talent to make a lifelong impression on the best day of your life, exceeding expectations. Bandofgoldmusic.com, 303-566-5600.